Welcome to the Responsible Entrepreneur Podcast. We have a special treat for you today. We have two podcasts, as you may know. The other is called The Responsible Capitalist. Today, we're going to combine those two because I have with me two people from Ecotrust who are working on bringing together how your money can merge with values as well as how you can help entrepreneurs change the game. But first, let me give you a little context for how to think about this wonderful uh, interview that I'm going to include in this podcast. One of the challenges that we have to overcome in the world of responsibility is to get over the idea that is very prominent in the traditional world, that there is a uniformity that is the right one, that there's any such thing as best practices, that there's good in the way that everybody should do it. We've borrowed that, and it really is not about having a managed uniformity. I created a framework to talk about this that I call above and below the line. And that line is that managed uniformity or the ideals that we use sometimes. What really happens when we go below that line is we work in our investing, trying to put money against it, or in our small business to try and get a reduced impact on what's not uniform, on what's not good, on what's not ideal. So we seek continuously to try and bring it back to that managed uniformity. And we may do it by the way we set up operations and a supply chain and incentives and rewards, all the things that help us operate so that we are increasingly reducing waste. Now, That's still a good idea to do, but it really means that we're doing it against a managed uniformity and ideal, which may not exist if you really go and look at what life looks like, what living systems look like. The second thing that happens when you're working with this managed uniformity idea is that you work on kind of trying to maintain the status quo. You get something working, you try and keep it there. We often call it sustainability. What I am recommending, and my book is written on the uh, paradigm or philosophy of, is the idea of really working above the line. And the above the line is working where we're really seeking to bring something to the most unique state it can be, its own uniqueness, its uniqueness as a city, as a region, as a business, as a material, or as a child. All of those things, none of them we wanna manage uniformity. We want much more of an idea about what it is that we can bring forth from that and make it really great. So what would happen if you had people investing to help the people who are in a business take a unique idea and drive it to a much higher place rather than just trying to reduce the harm that's happening. What would happen if what you were investing in was the evolution of a whole system rather than just the uh, downside or the problem or the issue that was being worked on? So that's the process. Instead of working on this managed uniformity is working on the evolution of the capacity of something to be itself to be the unique being it can be. And that's what I call working above the line. Today I have with me two amazing people who, um, full disclosure, I work with them. They're a part of an extremely interesting nonprofit organization, which I rarely find interesting, called Ecotrust. And they're gonna tell you more about what Ecotrust does, but I at least wanna tell you the name of Amanda O'Born, who really works with the food and farming operations, and Nathan Kadish, who handles investing and seeking to have investing move this work above the line, while Amanda helps move the food and farming uh, entrepreneurs that they work with above the line. 
They are two totally amazing people, as is EcoTrust. So I know you're gonna enjoy hearing them and let me just welcome you, Amanda, and I welcome you, Nathan. So welcome, Amanda and Nathan. I'm so glad to have you with us today. I think it would help folks if we could get um, EcoTrust introduced a little bit and then each of you and your role in it. And how about if we start with you, Amanda, and you give us a broader sense of what EcoTrust is about, who you are and what role you play there. Sure. Thanks for having us. EcoTrust is based in Portland, Oregon. We're a nonprofit organization that does work in natural resource sectors um, and developing a new model of the economy, uh, one that works for both the environment and the people who live here, as well as economic well-being. My role is to manage the food and farms program. So we do work in with uh, local farmers, ranchers, fishermen, uh, we help to connect them to markets both directly to restaurateurs and chefs and food service directors and through distributors to much larger, larger food service operations. Great. Nathan. Yeah, thanks for having us, Carol. My role is as the director of investment strategy. Uh, EcoTrust has an endowment. So we call it a working endowment because we don't passively invest it. Um, we actually seek out opportunities to kind of put our money where our mouth is. Um, and this means finding investments that not only fit with our mission and values, but we really purposefully seek out opportunities that actually move us closer to our goals. Um, for us, you know, simply having investments that do less bad doesn't cut it. And so we have a full-time staff that goes out and finds investments that are actively doing good in the uh, sectors that our program teams are exploring. Well, let's start with you, Nathan. With um, I know that you feel strongly about changing what you might call the course of how investing happens in, in the industry at large, not just for EcoTrust. Sure. How would you describe you know, how you see the course, the direction of investing being changed and the way you see EcoTrust helping do that? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the tremendous opportunity we have to use capital to start to move the environmental and social needles um, is upon us. And the, you know, I think the movement really started with kind of um, socially responsible mutual funds and sustainability funds that were focused on, you know, doing less bad. They were still mostly um, public equities. They were being screened um, by various um, asset managers and portfolio managers. And people were able to make sure that their money kind of aligned with their values. And that's shifted in recent years, uh, and EcoTrust for about the past 20 years has been working to shift that towards uh, a more active strategy, uh, moving away from the kind of the passive strategy of SRI uh, and moving it towards the active strategy of investing, um, you know, with impact and with purpose. And EcoTrust's role in that has been both um, one of uh, an investor going out and finding interesting opportunities to to invest in companies that are changing the way we interact with the natural environment, as well as creating uh, investment opportunities for others. Um, for example, our private equity forest fund goes out and buys forests and manages them uh, on behalf of investors so that those investors can actively be involved in changing the way forestry works, uh, as well as returning financially for those investors. Another example, which is one of the reasons we wanted Amanda here, is you're changing how you think about helping us all think about the food system and how we engage with it. So either you can introduce how you're 
why you went toward food and then maybe have Amanda tell us a little more about what it looks like when you invest in food and helping us change how it is we deal with food. Well, food has been a focus area for EcoTrust for many years now. We do the national, we're part of the National Farm to School Network. We launched an online platform called Food Hub that helps farmers and ranchers and fishermen connect directly with chefs and food service buyers. And we've done all kinds of research and market connections kind of work in the Pacific Northwest for many years. Our focus in investing has been in a couple of areas. One is we are, we've just, in fact, a few minutes ago, finished closing on a building in Southeast Portland that will provide us an opportunity to really implement some of the ideas that we're thinking about as it, as they pertain very much to infrastructure. We care a lot about helping uh, open up existing infrastructure and existing capacity. And by infrastructure, I mean uh, aggregation, storage, warehousing, uh, distribution, and processing infrastructure. A lot of that infrastructure is very much tied to the industrial food system. And so we are exploring ways to make that infrastructure also work for the regional food system, meaning the small and mid-sized independent regional producers. And this building, investing in this real estate in Southeast Portland is one way to help open those doors. Well, it strikes me as I listen to you, Amanda, uh, I work with quite a few entities which work on food and no one is working on it this way. And so what would you say are the really distinctive characteristics and why those things? What do they allow you to accomplish from investing in the infrastructure and in a much more comprehensive view? Well, there are, there are many, many threads to the issues related to our food system. Many of them are social justice issues, food access, hunger relief. So we invest in, in helping develop the infrastructure, in opening large supply chains, and in helping the small and mid-sized regional producers get to the scale that they really need to be at to capitalize on the system. Not that we want to recreate the industrial system by any means, but to get them to sort of that sweet spot, that sort of jumbo shrimp where they can um, be a fruitful, productive member of the, the regional economy. Um, and have that work and help them become financially viable. So I think the fact that we attack sort of all three pieces at once, the large-scale market development, the infrastructure that connects the producers, and then helping the producers get access to the land or the capital or the technical expertise that they need to get to that sweet spot size, um, that's what makes us a little bit unique. We take on the whole system. I mean, even though you work globally, local is a very important part of this particular effort, right? Say just a little more about how you think about what local means besides just buy from people you know. Well, traditionally, Ecotrust focus has been the coastal temperate rainforest, so northern California to Alaska. Uh, in food system, I think it's important to keep those regional that regional lens in mind. People tend to either focus on their immediate region and, and focus very hyper-locally, or they think about the industrial system as a global industrial scale um, you know, food comes from Chile in the off seasons and is flown all around the world. And, and that's very typical of the, of the food system. And I think that there are pieces of that that will continue. But our focus is on developing a strong regional system where we have the means of feeding ourselves come what may, whatever sort of catastrophe might strike the global system. We've got the means of production and aggregation and distribution in our own region 
to be able to withstand and be resilient to whatever comes. And that some of those models that we're developing may also be exportable, so to speak, and transferable to other regions, both around the country and around the world. Say what that means, though, about your slightly different uh, in terms of returns. What do you yeah. hold? So, so what we're looking at for returns is pure um, triple bottom line returns. We're looking at the financial returns of a deal. And um, this isn't philanthropy, at least uh, my arm of, of what I work on is not philanthropy. It is aiming to return um, both cash for us to keep funding the organization as an, our endowment function, as well as returns for our outside investors that come into deals with us. Um, but at the same time, we want to be able to measure um, the financial, social, and environmental returns. So uh, in terms of food systems, you know, we want to be thinking about the amount of soil um, carbon that's being stored. We want to think about how those farms are using water. We want to be thinking about livestock uh, and how it's treated. We want to be thinking about the jobs generated uh, by those farms. And uh, it's, a, it's a big driver in you know, Amanda's work of thinking about this kind of agriculture in the middle space because those farms uh, likely have better shots at being great stewards of the land, being great employers, um, bringing up a next generation of farmers, thinking about water, um, thinking about market access. And we're extremely fortunate um, in our investment arm to have both Amanda's team as well as a team of economists and analysts who can help us think about those social and environmental returns and start to quantify that for us. So when we come up with a, you know, a investment opportunity, my team uh, and I are out looking at the financials, digging into the contract, understanding everything a normal investment shop would about uh, a place to put some cash. But we're also making sure that it really passes the sniff test of the program teams who we rely on to be those um, kind of bellwethers as to whether or not this is, is truly the kind of social and environmental change we're trying to create in the world. Probably since you, you do have an endowment, but you also have ongoing investors who you're very interactive with. Yep. Um, I, that's very unusual also. Of course, you're a, a not-for-profit generally, but what kind of relationships do you have with uh, live current investors? How do you communicate with them, and what do they say back to you in terms of what they're looking for? Sure. So we call uh, our investors unique LPs. Uh, and unique limited partners because they uh, have over the years been both donors to EcoTrust to support the grant-funded uh, work that Amanda and, and the other teams do, as well as investors in the uh, opportunities both that EcoTrust creates, such as EcoTrust Forest Management uh, and the two funds underneath that, as well as uh, opportunities that we as the adventure capital team go out and find uh, a lot of our donors over the years are the kinds of people that want to create impact in the world. They see EcoTrust as a vehicle to do that with their philanthropy dollars, but they're also seeking uh, opportunities to be investing uh, portions of their for-profit return capital portfolios. And so they say, hey, what have you guys seen out there that's interesting? Will you share your diligence with us? Um, you know, they believe that they've invested in EcoTrust philanthropy-wise uh, to the point that they trust the kinds of outcomes that we're trying to drive towards. So they say, hey, if you think this investment um, helps us as a society drive towards those outcomes, uh, we can put some money in that as well. So we've been finding things like um, Farmland LP and Green Canopy Homes that we believe are um, helping drive us towards uh, at least pieces of our overall mission 
and uh, a lot of our previous donors and now investors have been interested in following us into those opportunities. So one of the things is I listen to you that it becomes very apparent, which is very unusual, even for people doing, quote, impact investing, is you are looking at shifting whole systems. Um, you, you want not just to fix a, like a food hub, a place people can exchange food, but you want the whole system to work. And you've done a building of an organization internally, which has to work that way also. You have to have people who are collaboratively co-creating what it takes for a whole system. I'm guessing that you have either articulated or unarticulated principles of some kind. So I'm going to go back to Amanda and ask you to reflect on when you look at trying to work on a whole system and first use examples there, what are the kind of principles you hold in your head? I mean, like an example of what I'm thinking of as a principle, when I look at you is I would say you really are seeking to augment people's personal uh, agency, them being able to take care of their own lives and make things work. I'm suspecting you have other principles like that. Could you offer two or three of what you would say are the principles for how you really work on a whole system with the example of food? And then Nathan, I ask you to augment that. Sure. Yeah, that's an interesting question. I, I think that a couple of the things that we consider in any of the work that we're doing is um, the, the system view, the notion that we can't just problem solve around one particular issue um, without taking that issue in its much wider context. Uh, and so generally we won't invest or, or focus on one specific project in one, re one area. We'll look at a solution that has the potential to disrupt the system at, a, at the system level. Um, I'm trying to think about what the other principle, resilience would be another key sort of operating principle that we are striving to give people the means of uh, production or markets or jobs or, you know, the whole host of things that they need to withstand uh, whatever might come their way. And knowing that we, that isn't, it isn't about contingency planning, it's about uh, being flexible enough to be ready for anything. Nathan, maybe you can think of others. Yeah, you know, the ones that come to mind for me, um, a big one that drives us is mission drives money, uh, as opposed to money driving mission. And I, I think uh, a lot of investors, especially in the food space, um, you know, we need all angles to help reform a food system. But we'll think about, you know, oh, I want to invest in food, so I'm going to pick uh, a particular farm or I'm going to pick a particular food product and I'm going to go through my diligence process trying to make sure that, that I'm in the top quartile. That's kind of the way that private equity or venture capital works. I want to invest in protein bars. So I'm going to do my diligence on protein bars and then I'm going to pick, you know, the ones that I think are going to outperform the rest of the protein bar market. Um, and I think that's, you know, that's a good way to, to bet on food systems and, and or food products or, or the food sector and make money. For us, it's, you know, our mission is to create sector change or systems change. So what we're really doing is letting that, that mission drive the capital. So we're seeking opportunities like Amanda was describing where, Maybe we're investing in infrastructure or education or convening space or companies that enable the, the growth of the entire protein bar space or the entire uh, ingredient space that would even go into protein bars and, and looking for those opportunities to use a, you know, um, an overused cliche, that, uh, the rising tide all, all for top quartile investments. 
we're really looking for those um, mission driving money opportunities. We also, you know, target businesses with a bioregional focus. We're really interested in place-based investing. And that, um, to me, is a significant filter for the way Ecotrust thinks about its investments. Uh, we're very excited about investments that could work in this region and then scale in other regions. But our priority is to figure out these kind of place-based solutions because we believe so much of this hinges upon um, people and their environment's ability to interact in a kind of a non-destructive sort of way. Um, the, the real goal is to create these tangible models of natural development and think about the way nature would do it and, and then follow that as opposed to, you know, especially in food, trying to um, just grow single crops, trying to inject um, chemicals into soil, um, trying to do anything uh, that resists the way a natural cycle would work. I would add to that point, Nathan, that, that uh, rural economies become a very important focus of ours. Um, so place-based is definitely true, the whole sort of Pacific Northwest bioregion. But within that, particularly in rural economies where that's very often where the resource base that's supporting the region is, and, and very often those resources are getting extracted um, and those economies, the local economies, the communities are suffering. Um, so a lot of our, our work, we sort of have a driving principle all the time of, of focusing on those rural areas and, and optimizing both for community and for, you know, for the full triple bottom line, uh, a host of effects and outcomes. Part of what I'm talking about is the, we talked about how you work on whole systems change. That is just such a very different way of thinking. And I know that it is about being comfortable with ambiguity, but you also get things done. And so I didn't know you're willing to float around forever and say, well, it'll all land somewhere sometime. There is an ability to make decisions that seems to me very different. And I don't know whether you can even articulate <laughs> what that is. But if you look at yourself and the work that you've done, how would you say you proceed? And Nathan, this might be for, for each of you. You were in the corporate world and you would have done your work differently there. How is it different than what you do here to maintain a connection to some larger system? Profit is a really uh, efficient organizing principle. When I was working in the in the corporate world, our goals were really obvious and they were all financial. There, with the exception of some of the you know quality of life, quality of workplace types of metrics that were also in the mix. At the end of the day, we were trying to optimize for a financial goal, especially in a public company. And here at EcoTrust, we are focused on we are focused on the financial goal. So that's what makes us a little bit different from a typical nonprofit that that financial goal still very much matters. But we are also focused equally on the social and environmental impacts and, and working toward being able to uh, measure and know that we're, we're making a difference. How would you add to that, Nathan? Yeah, I would, uh, I think that's really well articulated. Um, also, you know, in the, in the corporate space, my focus was consistently on the client and, and, you know, the focus is always on making the client happy uh, because that results in additional work sold and, um, you know, profit, 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 as Amanda said. Uh, here we are managing to multiple stakeholders and often it becomes challenging to sort out, you know, who, who's, we, we always know who's funding the work, but understanding really who benefits from the work and the chain um, involved in that it is um, it's complex. 
And so I think one thing that enables us to be successful is coming out of the corporate world, understanding, okay, the client's important, um, the funder is important, the profit is important, but now we need to start to manage to multiple stakeholders uh, and understand how we engage with them, how we manage uh, their expectations, and how we ultimately return the kind of environmental and social benefits that they're expecting from us. People listen to this in podcast, they're going to want to know more. They may want to find you and talk to people. Uh, what is the best way for them to learn more about what EcoTrust does, what the investing part of EcoTrust does, what the food part of EcoTrust does? Um, how do they reach out to you? There are a lot of really great stories encapsulated on our website, actually. The, the communications team has done a great job of presenting those stories in bite-sized chunks that people can access readily. So www.ecotrust.org is, is an easy and obvious way to get in touch and, and learn a little more about us. And is there something specific about the new food ventures up yet? You said you closed on it yesterday. Do you have anything out about that yet? Uh, there's nothing yet. There's a press release going out today, okay. uh, and you know we're, we'll probably be spending through the end of the year thinking about the actual programming of the space and the balance of um, you know education and conferencing space versus retail and manufacturing space versus uh, office space. Uh, always trying to find kind of that sweet spot of what's the best, uh, high, best and highest use of. The asset so that we can generate the financial returns as well as provide that space to have the important social dialogue and uh, use the materials that will create the environmental benefit. And what's the name of that venture? So if people want to track it and follow up, because this will be a few weeks before this podcast is out. The venture is called The Red, R-E-D-D, on Salmon Street. Uh, it's on Salmon Street in Portland. And a red, uh, R-E-D-D, is the bed that a salmon makes uh, in which to spawn. And, and EcoTrust believes that uh, salmon is kind of a key indicator species in this bioregion. Uh, where, where go the health of the salmon go the rest of the species. And so we're really focused on the health of those salmon. Um, and so this is our incubation space for thinking about kind of the next uh, businesses of this new economy um, that we often refer to as salmon nation. I love it. That's a perfect way to wrap up. Well, thank you, Amanda and Nathan. I feel so honored and blessed not to have just interviewed you for this podcast, but to get to work with you regularly because you are two incredibly bright people who are making such a difference. So thank you for joining me. And for those of you listening who would like to hear more of this interview, again, you can go to carolsanford.com and you can find links over to sites where I cut up these pieces and it's available for you to hear more of this interview. Plus, you can find many other podcasts there, again, both for the responsible entrepreneur and the responsible capitalist. You also can find a link there for the book, The Responsible Entrepreneur, for game-changing archetypes for founders, leaders, and impact investors. So that book is written to help both sides of this, and I feel like our interview today helped us see how much they fit together. So I look forward to seeing you next time.